Good day to everybody on the network. Good to have you. Welcome in, Baroqua. Our friends up in Menominee and Marinette. Haven't been up there in a while. I got to get up there. I did drive past there, though, when we were up at uh, the Four Seasons Island Resort about a month ago. Drove through uh, Menominee and Marinette. Just drove through the downtown area. Um, just to kind of get I went over to a Forgotten Fire Winery. And I didn't get up to uh, Colonel K's or anything like that. I really wanted to, but we were we were full from wine and cheese. So uh, we didn't get over there. But next time, I got to get over that way. Got to get over that direction. So welcome to them on the network. Everybody taking a listen to us. And uh, all of you listening to us in tape delay over there in Milwaukee as well. We certainly appreciate it. Thanks so much. Um, so... There's so much today. Tim Allen, by the way, host of the Baseball Postgame Show, is going to join us coming up here at about quarter after. We're going to talk about the departure of Craig Council and Pat Murphy coming in as the new manager of the Brewers. We are going to talk uh, today with Sean Merriman. Uh, he's got some UFC fighting coming up, and also we're going to talk with him uh, this time of year, uh, what it's like in the NFL, what he's going through mentally, because uh, he was a guy that got it done for many, many years when they were in San Diego. And we'll talk to him. Uh, coming up, we got Jim Ozarski to talk some Bucks basketball. We are a plethora of stuff today, plethora of stuff today. And uh, we can even talk some uh, Michigan Wolverines and uh, the fact that Jim Harbaugh says he can't wait, which I find a little hard to believe, but can't wait to go before the the committee that is going to hear his airing of the grievances, I guess, <laughs> as to why he didn't deserve this and due process should have played out. So uh, we'll we make you know we can discuss that today, but the uh, the Brewers get their man, Mark uh, no, Mark Murphy, uh, bench coach Pat Murphy is the new manager there. Excited about that. The Packers off today. Uh, by the way, let me let me. Uh, I know that uh, Christian Watson's family, I guess, has chimed in. And Grant, did you read any of that stuff? I saw his dad tweeted. I just, I just don't really care. Like, I don't think parents don't should either. speak up on their kids' behalf. I don't either. Um, I remember, and I've told the story a million times, and I apologize, but it correlates. I remember when Javon Walker came in and had success. It took him a while. He started to have success, and his dad was in his ears, and his dad was telling him how great he was. Don't listen to the fans and this and that. And I, I was just astounded. Um, and then for his dad, his dad did the same thing. Now, Twitter wasn't prevalent, so it wasn't like he could take to social media and start ripping the fans, but he just said the fans are just sheep. They didn't know what they were talking about and that Javon Walker was going to be the face of the franchise. And this has that same sense, the same way when, uh, Greg Jennings sister was chiming in and kind of, you know, throwing shade at Aaron Rodgers, and everybody got bent at her. You know, it turns out some of it was true, but um, but th- in this case, look, you, Christian Watson came into the league and was not at a major program. He doesn't have the catch discipline it takes to be a wide receiver in the National Football League. He just doesn't. He, he doesn't have toughness. Uh, now, when he's fallen, he's gotten nicked up over the last uh, two, two out of the last three weeks. He's come back and played. I give him all the credit in the world for that. But his reputation early on has been China Doll. Can't stay on the field. 
can't can't complete a full season. Hasn't since he got here. So until he plays a full season or two, that reputation is going to linger. It just is, and there's nothing you can do about it if you're a family member. That's the way people view you as somebody who is not tough enough to play the NFL. And then when you get criticized and they spend a week's worth of work with wide receivers because of the inability to come back and fight for a football, even though it may be a bad pass, to come back and fight for a football to knock things down and at least not allow them to be picked off, that's due in part to your inability to do that. You have uh, out of the, I think, the nine or ten interceptions that uh, Jordan Love has, uh, I think five of them were balls that were thrown to Christian Watson. Now, maybe he's too fast and he just overruns the the route, or maybe it's just he's so fast uh, Jordan Love can't get the ball to him, whatever it happens to be. But it it for, I, I guess, his dad to go after Packer Nation for coming down hard on his son, you know, it's you're better off sitting in silence and hoping that your son makes some plays. That because that's the only way, you know, you're, he can go out and now catch four passes, two for touchdowns next week, and everybody forgets, and suddenly he's on top of the world. You just, but because you have a family member come out and defend, everybody then piles on because now you draw attention to the problem. And I can't remember the last time anybody's family member, wife, brother, you know, cousin. I can't remember the last time anybody's family member ever spoke up in defense of a player to, to where suddenly people went, oh, okay, and things got better. Can you? That's that's a really funny way of putting it. No, I cannot think of a, a – remember when, I, for example, Steph Curry's wife made a big stink in the 2016 finals about yep. the refereeing? Like, it never goes well. No, parents, wives, nope. never works. Never works. Never, ever works. You may feel better, and you may get a few people that give you some validation online. But, no, never works. Well, and, never and also, works. like, one of the comments that Christian Watson's dad made w- was about the final interception on Sunday. It's like, well, he was covered. He was he was tied up. It's like, well, okay, Dad, then explain how your son is getting tied up by a 34-year-old corner. He's supposed to be the fastest right. guy, the biggest, strongest guy. So just keep it to yourself, you know? Yeah, your son got tied up because he's not tough enough to get away. Or because that veteran corner has experience and your son doesn't. But he, he just he couldn't get away from the guy. I agree with you. Couldn't get away from the guy. Not at all. Um, so here, <laughs> uh, Chuck says, your opinions uh, are to sign either Love or Watson to a long-term contract. If you had to do one or the other, which would you do? Neither. Neither. I wouldn't do either. Neither have proven that they can be a consistent big-time player in the National Football League. Guys like that come and go. Pay the next one. Pay them a rookie contract and just keep paying them until the next one sticks. Neither one. Uh, Isaac says, Jaden Reed's more physical than Christian Watson's size. Doesn't matter if a big guy doesn't have the willpower. Damn straight. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. It is not, I've said it a million times, it is not the intangibles. It is not how tall you are or how wide your wig span or how big your hands or how fast your 40 speed. It's none of that. It is the heart of the lion, man. It just is in the National Football League. You got to have the will to do it. You got to have the will to do it. Just, it's just, we've seen it so many times. 
I can give you the perfect example, Cletius Hunt. Cletius Hunt. He worked his ass off in that rookie contract, did everything they asked of him. He had a heart, but his heart was motivated by money. And as soon as he got the money, I mean, he signed that, that contract, got his checks, and that was it. He coasted. The, I mean, he got it. He got paid. It's all he wanted. He wanted his millions, and he got paid, and that was it. He wanted to retire, and that was done. He was done. There was nothing to him after that. His heart was motivated by money, and once he got the money, he had nothing left to play for. He didn't give two dams about success. He didn't give two dams about winning a championship. He didn't give two dams about dominating the guy across from him. All he saw was dollar signs. Once he got it, gone. Out. Out. Uh, 877-867-1670. Bryce uh, or, uh, Chuck says, oh, come on, man. That was the easy way out. But that's the truth. I'm not paying either one a long-term contract. Not no, n- Neither one. Not yet. If Christian Watson and, and, and all of a sudden he and Jordan Love create this symbiotic relationship and they really start to take off, because Christian Watson, here's the thing. And, and Art, you bring up a great point. Art said, what about Christian Watson from last year when he got onto that streak where he was catching touchdown passes from Aaron Rodgers? That he does have the talent. Abs- absolutely. I'm not saying he doesn't have talent. And it could be the guy throwing him the football because he did go through a stretch where he was wowing. I remember he was highlighted on ESPN. He was highlighted on the NFL Network. He was highlighted on a Monday night football game for what he was doing. He was burning guys. He was getting open. He's catching touchdown passes, two and three a game. I mean, he went on a run. He's got it in him. It's whether or not, one, I agree. It could be just the fact that the guy delivering the football is just not that damn good. That's one. Or two, he doesn't have the same motivation this year. He's now not out to impress Aaron Rodgers, not out to work as hard for whatever reason. I, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I'm not in his head. But he went on a run last year. He's got it in him. No doubt. Bill, last night I had Pete Bukowski on, the friend of the show, and he made a great point about Romeo Dobbs and said, well, Dobbs last year was a great pairing with Rodgers because he was doing all these second read things, right? Run your route, but right. then read the defense, and maybe go back shoulder. And That's not what Jordan Love needs right now. He nope. needs guys that will run around and be open, which is why Wicks and Reed worked really well. So I think Watson and Dobbs, they've played with two completely different quarterbacks now. Yep in a 12-month span, and that's part of this as well. That's the familiarity factor with Jordan Love, and we knew it would take a little bit of time, but, you know, these are two guys that have already got a little bit of experience in getting off the line and getting away from NFL corners and NFL safeties. So they should have the advantage, and I get it. They're doing things the way they're supposed to be doing things, but in some cases with Jordan Love, it's it's you don't have the same mentality under center as you had in Aaron Rodgers. It is it is college calculus versus high school algebra at this point. And maybe you're doing things a little bit different. You know. But that's something that they have to adapt to and something that that's more Matt LaFleur's job at this point to bring them back to the to the pack. But I it's not to say that they don't have talent. Sometimes it's a matter of not getting lost in the shuffle and still having the heart of the lion to kind of complete what you're supposed to do, if that makes sense. Um, Thomas says, why run Watson on a shorter route? 
what I would do with Christian Watson, because he is, he can get a step, is, and Mike Clemens alluded to this, so did Eric Baranchek, is get him in a situation where you're, you're a quick hitter, inside slants, a quick toss and go, two-step drop and just toss it up and let him go run under it. You know, get it further downfield before he's already 30 yards downfield. And then you're trying to catch him with a 50-yard pass. You know, with that high looping, just throw it and let him go run under it. You know, throw it to the throw it to the, uh, the the sidelines and let him get leverage to put it between him and the sidelines, and and then allow him to kind of go up and get a ball. You know, in cases like that. But that's where he's kind of needs to be utilized at this point. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. When we come back. Tim Allen, host of the Baseball Postgame Show, is going to join us. And uh, Tim and I are going to talk a little bit about uh, the uh, the Craig Council shocker and now Pat Murphy, the new manager, the new manager of uh, your Milwaukee Brewers. So looking forward to that. Hey, if you are looking for a, a mortgage, and I know the interest rates aren't where you want them to be, but they are going to start heading down. At least that's what the Fed is kind of looking at right now as the inflation, the housing market, the auto market, everything has really, really become stagnant, so to speak. The, uh, they're looking at kind of uh, the reduction. So maybe you want to do a refi, or you can ask about the 2-1 buy-down, but maybe now's the time to start jumping back into the market. Homeside Financial and our buddy Scott Ellis and Team Ellis. Call them 414-791-7771. 414-791-7771. That is uh, Scott Ellis and the group from Homeside Financial making mortgages easy, whether it's mortgages or refis. They want to help you out, especially this time of year. More of the Bill Michael Show. Tim Allen, next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. This time of year, you might be looking for a, maybe a career change. And uh, they're changing some things over as the eggnog starts to become popular. But our friends at Kemp's. Kemp's Dairy, been around a long time, since 1914, based in Cedarburg, Wisconsin. Cedarburg, they're looking for good people. They're looking for CDL drivers. They're looking for uh, cooler technicians, production people. So if you are thinking about uh, working for a really good established company right here in the state of Wisconsin, that is Kemp's, K-E-M-P-S, Kemp's.com. Go to Kemp's.com, and at the bottom of the page, you click on the careers link, and you can fill out all the paperwork right there, submit your resume, and maybe by the end of the week, you could be uh, not only interviewing, but who knows? Maybe you got a job. Maybe you're uh, maybe you're changing careers to a really good established company. That's Kemp's K E M P S Kemp's dot com. That is Kemp's dot com. Tell them we sent you K E M P S Kemp's dot com. Joining us now on the hotline, and uh, the minute I the news broke that Craig Council was going to the Cubs, I could hear this collective just groan coming out of the uh, county of Racine. And I figured it was probably one Tim Allen, host of the baseball postgame show. Tim, how you doing, man? <laughs> Grown. I mean, uh, add in a, a tirade of expletives, and, and then we can start. <laughs> uh, well, let's start there first, Tim, because I think uh, when the people I talk to say inside that organization say they were as shocked as anybody. Yeah, it it uh, it's still stunning. It, it it really is, and and to see uh, the dawning of the Cub uh, uniform or hat and and or hat, and and then um, you know moving forward uh, to be you know at American Family Field in a Cub uniform, and you know you, you hearken back to some of the promotional 
uh, buy some ticket advertising that the Brewers have done in years past saying, you know, I am you. I'm just like you. I am you. And, right. you know, okay. Uh, that, that, that part of it's, it's, it's super tough. And, you know, it's, it's just, I, I, we've had the uh, debate bill and I know you have too, who's the hated rival, the, the Cardinals or the Cubs. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in the hate the cub camp and, and it couldn't have been a worse scenario. Now that being said, I mean, you're going to have to move forward and we can justify it all, all different ways till Sunday, but still stunning to me, still more than a week removed. So, uh, and I get it. And we probably will hear later on today that uh, full presser from Craig council from yesterday. However, the brewers then had to go on a search. They got a lot of, and, and, let me start with this, Tim. I, from what I was told was Craig had kind of felt like he's gone as far as he could go with what he's had to work with. It Was this Craig just wanting to be a manager somewhere else and take on a new challenge? Or do you think, as I had kind of pointed out as well, this might be somewhat of an indictment of what's going on behind closed doors at American Family Field? It could be. I mean, it, it, absolutely it could be that, you know, there. I, I still go back to a, a little maybe conspiracy uh, theory that I've had here for a while, and that is the beginning of the 23 season. I think the organization really thought that this past season here, this summer, was the transition year, and there were going to be some changes. We didn't know what was going to happen with council. Was there going to be a new coaching staff? Are we going to get a, a you know another president of baseball ops or or GM or you know what are we going to do here? And then they went. We're going to influx new players, uh, you know, and, and they played the Terangs and Weemers and, and Mitchells until he got hurt and then subsequently uh, Freelig. But um, then they got caught, Bill, with, oh, my goodness, damn, we're in this thing. <laughs> we, right. We're in this thing. We're going, to, we're going to make some changes here. We're going to acquire at the deadline and really go for this, and, which is what happened. So all in the meantime. Council still hanging, dangling out there in the wind, and and is was it was there an argument for change for change's sake if the Brewers got bounced early, and and I've always thought that you know I wonder if they're thinking if the organization is thinking, you know Craig's Craig yes and he's a good regular season manager but let's face it he doesn't win in the postseason and and you know I've been on with the guys in Chicago and and I've been saying the same thing. That dude doesn't win in the postseason. And so then I got to hear Craig Council talk about the experience, the experience for you fans, the experience for myself, and all the experience of these wonderful relationships and experience, 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 and more experiences. Craig, it's more than that. It might be for you, but it's more than that for us. We've experienced playoffs now a lot. It's more than just that. It's more than just going to the ballpark. This isn't the carnival where there's no winners, no losers. Everyone just goes to the carnival. You don't walk out of the carnival saying, I lost the day at the carnival. You do walk out of that stadium saying, we lost that game, and especially in the playoffs. Can you tell I'm a little salty on this stuff? Wow. Yeah. Sorry sorry yep. about that. But no, that's you okay. get my point. It. Yeah. I, I guess, Tim, I, on one hand, I say I agree with you because I, I, I look at what the record is since they've been to the NLCS against the Dodgers, and it has not been good. On the other hand, I also say some of these teams, I don't even think they should have been there to begin with, and yet they still got there. You know what I mean? Like, they, I don't know how they did it. I don't know how they won the division. Sometimes it's by default. Sometimes it's because they just outdistanced everybody else. 
But I think to myself, when you line them up against Philadelphia, when you line them up against L.A., and you line them up against uh, Atlanta, it's like that team didn't even belong there. They shouldn't even be in the same breath. But then we see what happens with wild card teams like Arizona, and all of a sudden you just need to get hot. So it's just about getting to the tournament, so to speak. But it's what you do after you get there, and the Brewers just have not been able to sustain. And my question is, have they done enough down the stretch to fortify a team going to the postseason? Because it's been hitting. It hasn't necessarily been pitching over the last few years, even though they got rocked a little bit this season. But it's been more in the fact that they haven't been able to score runs than it has been the fact that they they didn't have the pitching to qualify, you know? Yeah, no. And, and you know, again, what will happen here, um, we'll see. We'll see what Murph does. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad for Murph, uh, Murph on a personal side of things that uh you know he's going to get to get this opportunity and you know there's a competitive uh nature in pat murphy too and and so we'll see what happens but you know i i again I, i'm trying not to let the cub thing define what craig council did here now on the other hand so i'm i'm, I'm a little salty on one side the other side of me tells tells me uh bill that you know between him and stearns not an osseo they did sort of change the rules a little bit in Milwaukee. They they did. You've been a, uh, around the Brewers for a long, long time, and you get that too. That boy, did it change? It yep. really did. Playoff appearances eight, eleven, and then five of six, um, uh, capping off this year. So, I'm trying not to let that part define it, but you know, there's there's the money side, there's the change side, there's the lack of winning in the postseason side. There's, there's a lot of different layers to this. So I, I, I don't think it's just one. I, 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 and it's not just the money part, which I, hey, $40 million, that's just in the next five years. Okay? Right. Yeah, I, I would assume Craig Council is going to manage beyond five years. Where? That, that's debatable. But he'll manage beyond this $40 million contract. Bill? That's generational money, and Craig's not used to it. Three and a half million dollars a year to you and me—that's that's good scratch. That's good money. Mm-hmm. But right. is it is it trust fund for your kids' kids' money? Is it trust fund generations down the line? It's not. So he finally got that. I'm happy for him in that regard. But my goodness, to, to hear him say I underestimated the fans' reaction to this. Kind of yeah. tells you a little bit of a lean that you didn't truly understand the fan base in itself. So now let's move forward to the Brewers because uh, it's painful for me to sit here and talk about the possibility of success for the Cubs and Craig Council being a part of it. So now how do you counteract all of this? You need a PR move. So Pat Murphy is now the manager of the Brewers. What next do you think needs to happen, Tim, in this? And let me ask you this because I was talking about this earlier. Look, Pat Murphy – was the guy that could tell Craig, no, no, don't do this. He, he was that confident guy. I wonder what Craig is without Pat Murphy. And mm-hmm. now Pat Murphy gets Ricky Weeks, which probably wasn't his first choice, but now he's got Ricky Weeks as a bench coach uh, and, and taking on those duties. But, you know, bench coaches are the guy that's in your ear, the guy that's going either do this, that's a great idea, or this is terrible, no, look at this or whatever. So you wonder – what the dynamic is going to be in that dugout, and now you wonder what the Brewers are going to do personnel-wise to kind of rebuild this thing moving forward. Well, the the influx of the younger players is certainly going to be there, Bill. We're we're all that that 
that is a given because we're we're going to see year two out of Terang. We're going to see Weimer with a bat in his hand at American Family Field. We're going to see Freelich. We're going to see Mitchell. We're going to see Gasser. We might even see uh, Jackson Churio, which I recommend. Why not? Let's get him up there. We, we you know, as Brewers fans, we always uh, are jealous a little bit of the young. 19-year-old phenom that just comes up, uh, Bryce Harper, a uh, 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 Juan Soto, and, and some of these younger players that just hit the ground running. The Brewers have one. Now, d- don't, don't hold him back. Just get him up there and let him go. Turn it loose. Hopefully they can get it done in a much quicker version of what Baltimore did with all their high-end talent. So you'll see the influx of players. Now, back on Murphy versus Council, you're right. You're, you're dead on. We are going to see some differences in managerial style, uh, strategy. Um, I, I, you know, I've had many conversations with Murph about, about bunting and small ball, and, whether, and, and he puts up a good argument. He really does. Now, whether that was to defend Craig Council's uh, decisions or he really believes that, we're going to find out. Does he play a little more? you know, energetic, uh, hit behind a runner, hit and run, steal a base kind of baseball, which is my guess. I think he's going to do that. I I really do. And why wouldn't he with these younger players? It's just more experience that they get. But you're going to see the youngsters come up. They're going to sign a veteran pitcher. Uh, They need something to fill out that sort of Wade Miley role because, let's face it, the starting rotation, Freddie Peralta is great as a three my goodness, he's going to be your one if Burns is moved. So, Hauser, there's uh, Aaron Aspie they really like. So, there, there's still more changes to come. But it was logical, the fact that the coaching staff was was retained here, that the manager was from within. That was that was certainly logical because you don't you want to have the manager pick his own staff. This could be a temporary thing with Murph and the staff, though, Bill. I will warn Brewers fans that this could be – a one and done for this coaching staff and Murph. Do you think so? Now, what would it the expectation be. be next year? I mean, do you think it's going to be if they can't bolster that pitching staff and they got to get themselves a bat at first and third? They they just have to. We've been talking about this for years now. So, and, and they let Canna go, who we thought may be able to transition into first base a little bit. So they've got to get a starter. They've got to get a little bullpen depth, and they've got to get themselves a first base and a third baseman minimally, right? They, they they do, and they're going to have to get, get some of the Jace Petersons of the world uh, to fill those voids right now. And, and the main thing is I think you probably are going to hear this, this routine quite a bit. Uh, you know, these young guys, they're, they're going to be here and watch for the ad campaigns. It's, it's the youthful brewers or, you know, uh, have, have, have the marketing guys figure that out. But you, you will see these younger players, like Tyler Black, He's probably going to get some big league time. So there's there's a lot of pieces to play with. But I also think that there's uh, a culture that can't be denied also. And and when you, when you look at the playoff appearances, these guys are used to it. The organization is used to it. Uh, I, I think there's something there, too, that there's some expectations still. Um, I think it's paramount that they get off to a good start. Can we start opening day now and let this council thing move through us it's gonna take a long time for me to get over this it will you know it's gonna be and i was thinking about this the other day tim when we all uh, convened down in arizona for spring training and the first time that we go over to mesa and there he is in that cubs uniform it's gonna make you go you know oh my goodness i just you know again again i 
I uh, totally understand um, fans' reactions to this. I'm right there with everybody. It, it, it pisses me off. It just does. And, and that's okay. And, and I want to say this also, Bill, to fans that got to listen to whether it's broadcasters, whether it's writers, whether it is uh, organizations, players, coaches, managers, don't ever let anybody tell you that you're overreacting. Don't ever buy that. Look them in the eye and say, hey, I'm reacting. That's what I'm mm-hmm. doing. You can, right. you can define it, but, uh, but don't tell me I can't react the way I react. I understand it on one side, on this council thing. But on the other side, from a fan's perspective, I didn't overreact. I reacted as a Brewer fan. That was our guy. He not only left us, but he went to that team. That's not an overreaction. That's not at all. That's just a reaction. And he underestimated the reaction, so to speak. Good stuff. Tim, as always, if I don't talk to you between now and the holidays, have great holidays. But I'm sure as things start to matriculate and we get through the owners' meetings and the GM meetings, we'll talk again, okay? Bill, anytime, man. All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. There you go. Tim Allen, host of the baseball post game show. He's on 97.3 The Game after each and every uh, Brewers home, or after each and every Brewers game, for that matter, out of Milwaukee. You can always catch him there. Always good to get him on the program and uh, kind of pick his brain a little bit. Uh, I was just asked about this the other day. I wanted to bring it up. Um, coming up, they have a Christmas wine dinner uh, that is coming up, a winter Christmas wine dinner that's coming up at the Four Seasons Island Resort. If you want to be a part of it, uh, they got a lot of events going on. They've got the Christmas wine dinner. They've got a New Year's Eve party. They, just after that, a couple of weeks later, they've got the Al Capone's birthday, and everybody dresses like the 20s and the mobs and all that stuff, and Machine Gun Joe Kelly and, and stuff. They have some really great parties. Their Halloween party was awesome. But get a hold of the Four Seasons Island Resort. You can go up there, and you can uh, take your snowmobile. You can still do the, the trails with the UTVs and the ATVs. Uh, and then, obviously, ring in the New Year, plenty of different things to do. Or... If you are a skier, once it starts getting cold and they start making the snow, Pine Mountain Resort as well. That's their sister uh, resort up in Iron Mountain, Michigan. Either place, but call Barb, 715-938-5110, 715-938-5110. Again, 715-938-5110. Use the promo code Michaels15. It is a tremendous place, and I love going there. I probably try to get there at least two three times a year. It's just my one of my happy places. It's just beautiful. So, again, the Four Seasons Island Resort on the beautiful Muscano Island in the middle of the river or the Pine Mountain Resort. Call Barb, 715-938-5110 and use the promo code Michaels15. You cannot go wrong. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Eventually, it's going to get cold, right? And if you want to throw down that snow shovel, say, February, and maybe, eh, you know, maybe you're not going to take a cruise, but maybe you want to go to an all-inclusive. Or you're going to take a trip across the country to go see the family for the holidays or start making a plan for an Alaskan vacation come July, whatever. The guy to do it is our buddy Kirk over there at uh, Cruise Planners. Land 
and cruise vacations, by the way. Uh, just call them, 262-344-0697. 262-344-0697. And uh, they've got a way they can help finance it for you. They can put you on a cruise. They can put you in all-inclusive. They can send you internationally. I mean, whatever it happens to be. They got it. Uh, they got it going on, and that's at Cruise Planners. Uh, land and cruise vacations, as they say. So call today uh, for the you know the best uh, land and cruise packages that are available on different ships, cruise lines, all that kind of stuff, all-inclusives, uh, different sightseeing trips. Go to Kirk. Uh, call them 262-344-0697, 262-344-0697. That's our friends over there at Cruise Planners. Good stuff. Uh, coming up here in about eight minutes, seven, eight minutes. So we're going to be a, a short one here because I went a little along with Tim. Is Sean Merriman. Uh, he, a former uh, linebacker, sack master, if you will, outside pass rusher for, uh, for San Diego and uh, for the Chargers for many years. And uh, he also does a lot of UFC stuff. So we're going to talk with him about both coming up here in the next segment of the program. Uh, got a couple of emails that I wanted to get to as well. This one. This is from Mark, who says, why are we getting so bent over Craig Council? And he goes on to this long diatribe about what Craig's done for the community and says, I 100% understand where you're coming from. But I think Tim Allen was 100% correct. It's what your gut tells you. You know, if you're a Brewers fan and you're like, I can't believe that SOB went to the Cubs, then that's what you feel. You know, now you can step back after a day or two and go, ah, my initial reaction was really crazy. I do appreciate Craig for what he did and on and on and on. Okay. But your reaction to your reaction, that's an emotional fan-based reaction. You know, um, it's like watching a Packers game. And then, you know, if something stupid happens and they lose a ball game, people are pissed. But over the next couple of days, you start to look at things analytically and go, okay, this was good, this was good, this was good, but this was bad, bad, bad. So you look at it differently. You know, you, you always get that 24 to 30, 30, 24 to 48 hours cooling off period. So I, I get it 100%, 100%. But if people still feel just pissed off, you, you're not going to change that. Now, if they're reasoning, if they're saying that Craig Council never won in the postseason, never did this, never did that, you can go, well, yeah, he did. You know, you're, don't let your, your anger blind, you know, the facts, so to speak. Because he did do some things. But, you know, I get it. That's your reaction. Me, it's, it's, I'm so torn. I'm so pissed off that he went to the Cubs. I just, I, I'm, I'm just so mad he went to the Cubs. I'm mad he left. I'm disappointed. I don't know whether to be mad at Craig for leaving or Mark Antanasio, Antanasio for not just doing more to keep him. But I'm, I'm mad he left. And then to add the insult to injury, the gut punch was, oh, by the way, I'm donning the Cubby Blue. And the whole, all the, all the Cubs fans that are so obnoxious that I know that every time they win, man, it's fly the W. But, boy, do they get pissed off when you uh, get into a big series and you say fly the L. And then they, then they just either, one, they don't say a word, or two, they get all mad. It's like, well, you're in our face every other time. I, I can't stand the fan base. The franchise, eh, the fan base is what makes it. So I get I get mad that the people that were once rooting against him are now rooting for him, and we were rooting for him because he was our guy leading the charge up the hill against the dreaded Cubs and their fan base, and now he's leading the Cubs. And, and that's what gets to me more than anything. So I, I get where you're coming from, but just however you feel is however you feel. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't 
worry about it. Um, this one's from uh, Dennis. Dennis says, uh, still not happy that Craig Council went to Chicago. I do appreciate some of the things that he's done for the Milwaukee Brewers and actually given us the moniker of success, something we had not had in a very, very long time. Uh, C- uh, Craig was always a guy that made you believe that he was doing everything he could to get the hometown team to win. And now I wonder how hard he's going to work for the Chicago Cubs. Even harder? More analytically? Or is he going to be the same old, same old, where he's going to have success in the regular season only to see the postseason frittered away? Um, I agree with you, Bill, that sometimes they just didn't have the talent, but I didn't necessarily agree with the moves. Whoever was the idiot that put Jesse Winker in there has to be the one that's held accountable. And if that was Craig Council, then good riddance, because Jesse Winker was nothing more than a placeholder. Um, I don't know. I don't know whoever had the final say on that. You would assume it's the manager, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe at some point, you know, Pat Murphy will say, yeah, you know, last year we made a couple of decisions and it was all us. You know, it was Craig and me and whatever, you know, keep Jesse or not. Or maybe, you know, hey, Matt Arnold thought that, you know, statistically speaking, as a pinch hitter, he's much, much better. Therefore, keep him in that experience. I mean, I don't know. We'll find out at some point, I'm sure. But right now, I'm just concerned about this team acquiring enough talent to go back to where they were. They need a first baseman. They need a third baseman. They need better on-base percentages. They have to. I'm excited about the group of young guys coming up that are going to take over the outfield, but I'm not excited every time they throw the word Joey Weimer in there. That guy can't hit. He needs to figure it out. He needs to sit down in the minors for a while and figure it out, unless, of course, in the offseason he goes away to some kind of a hitting clinic or one of those hitting labs and changes his technique and approach at the plate. And then maybe I'll feel a little bit better about it. But uh, but I'm still excited about you know Garrett Mitchell and Sal Freelich and the group that's coming up. So, And Tim's right. They do have some prospects on the horizon so maybe who knows maybe it all comes together and you buy a couple of the right pieces and put them in the right place at the right time and things start to happen so cross your fingers uh let's do this we're going to go ahead and uh and take a look at uh, sean merriman when we come back he's got a ufc fight coming up and we'll talk with him about uh, kind of the, the unofficial point of the midseason about some of these teams that are kind of in the in the mix so to speak and what's going on and also what the attitude is for now guys that are not in the mix, teams that are really just struggling to find themselves. I want, I want to get some uh, opinion on that as well. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The all-new Potawatomi Casino Hotel has something you got to see. Play more slots and games, and you could say, show me the money, to reveal up to ten grand each Thursday. 800,000 in prizes is up for grabs. 40 winners each week. This October and November at Potawatomi, Milwaukee, when you're ready to win, just say, show me the money. More info at PaysBig.com. Must be 21 years old and a club member to play. Everywhere you look, from groceries to utilities to gas, prices keep going up. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin can dramatically help lower your energy costs year-round by replacing drafty windows and doors in as little as six weeks. And now you can save even more by taking advantage of no interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Bring the love of Wisconsin's outdoors in through the beauty and quality craftsmanship of Pella Windows and Doors. Whether you're updating or upgrading the look and comfort of your home, Pella has extensive lines of customizable options to meet your needs and your budget. Replacing drafty windows and doors can dramatically lower your energy costs. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin offers some of the most energy efficient windows in the industry. 
0% interest, and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Set your free in-home consultation today at PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offer ends 11 Welcome back. Bill Michael Show. Good to have you. 877-867-1670-877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, please feel free to go ahead and do so. Uh, give us a shout. Would love, love to uh, hear from you today on uh, this particular day when it comes to uh, all these different things, the plethora of stuff. That we've been discussing. I got one here from uh, Grant. Grant says, hey, guys, I think the Brewers are going to be just fine. Let's have a little faith in the uh, general manager and in the players that are on the field. It wasn't all counsel. Let's let's talk about how managers really affect the game and the outcome. Um, there is something to be said for the guys just kind of doing it. So we'll get back into that coming up here in a little bit. But uh, the fact that we've got uh, got him on the line, our guy Sean Merriman, a former uh, former Charger. Chargers are coming to town this weekend. But also big-time promoter when it comes to some UFC stuff going on and Fubo as well. Sean's joining us on the hotline. Sean, how you doing? Hey, what's going on, my man? How you doing? Doing great. So you got a big one coming up this weekend, huh? We, we do, man. We do in Long Beach. Uh, Lights Out Extreme Fighting 12. Um, this is a big show starting at 5 p.m. We'll be on Fubo Sports, Fubo TV. So if you guys don't have Fubo out there, get it. Um, it it's kind of cool for me, man. We have the next up-and-coming superstars of the sport, um, and we give these these guys an opportunity to get, get, get to the UFC one of these days. So let me ask you this. Um, when you talk about these guys kind of, you know, getting into the uh, UFC ranks and UFC and all the divisions, because explain to people, because sometimes they hear UFC and they're thinking Dana White, and sometimes they hear UFC and they're thinking some of the smaller bouts, because we get it around here where these are UFC bouts. Talk about the divisions and about how you go about going from uh, a UFC in your own backyard all the way up to maybe some of the big battles that they have that are on the pay-per-view, so to speak. Well, you know, it starts with regional leagues like ourselves, right? Um, and, you know, it, it's really good for UFC because, like, we, we when you have really, really top talent coming from regional uh, uh, promotions and leagues like we have, even though we're national, international FUBO, uh, we're still a, you know, big regional uh, promotion. So, you know, UFC's watching. They, they see all the guys. It's no different than, uh, you know, your college scout going to – <laughs> you know, going to uh, uh, Wisconsin, right, and seeing and trying to draft to the to the Packers or something. That's, I mean, it's it's pretty much the same exact thing. It's a stepping stone. Um, the fortunate thing is for us, you know, the viewership on Fubo, we're, we broke into the top five most watched. So, you know, we're getting a lot of eyeballs. So now everybody, all the top fighters in the country, want to come and fight for Lights Out. So the big matchup. Who's the big matchup coming up uh, on uh, on the eighteenth? Uh, yeah, we got Victor Roses and Puente Jr. Um, we got a couple guys on this card that I think will be one and done or maybe another fight with us and head to the UFC. Uh, Tommy Aaron is back on this card, who's Tony Ferguson's guy. Alba Morales, who fought the UFC at some time. He's fighting Ramos, who's come out of Nick and Nick, Nick and uh, Nate Diaz's camp. Nick and Nate Diaz will, uh, probably will be at the fight as well. So it, it's kind of cool, man, because you have these big, 
named superstars in MMA that are now coaches on their own gyms and they're bringing up the next superstars of their own. And so they all come through Lights Out Extreme Fighting. So that part for me is extremely fun. So correct me if I'm wrong, but Morales and Ramos, they're kind of the uh, kind of the kind of the key card, man. That's a hell of a matchup. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of uh, crazy a little bit because, you know, Nick and Nate Diaz are coming from North Cal, uh, and, you know, uh, uh, Alvin Morales is Southern California. He's an L.A. guy. So uh, it, it, it's going to there's gonna be some fireworks in that one, man. They've been going excellent. back and forth on social media that I, that I like, so I think that was going to be a big one. Excellent, excellent stuff. Hey, real quick before I let you go. So we've got that on Fubo, uh, Fubo Sports, Saturday night, November 18th, coming up this weekend, and you're going to catch all of that card. I do want to ask you, because you've been through both uh, the good and the bad of the NFL, right now the Packers are on the downturn. What do you do when you're a team just fighting, trying to find some continuity? Defensively, you're not playing great. Offensively, you're not playing great. Your record indicates it. The playoffs are kind of way off, and if you even have a shot at making it. What is a player going through right now inside that locker room? Well, you, you know, to be honest, um, when you have a guy like Aaron Rodgers leave, right, uh, and we've seen it all the way across the board, very seldom do you get a quarterback that's been there for a long time and then get another quarterback that's really good to come in. It, it, it hardly ever happens. Uh, you know, I got nothing against Jordan Love. I just felt like um, they've seen enough out of him, you know, even when he was sitting back behind Aaron Rodgers. And I'm not saying that he's the only issue either. I mean, they're not blocking well. They're not doing a lot of things well. A um, lot of injuries up front. Uh, the Bakatari, he went down again for the year, right? Um, yep. And so, you know, when you got those injuries, man, you're I, – I hate to call it a rebuilding phase, but that's what it is. You know, you had a quarterback there that was there for a long, over a decade, did a lot, of, uh, a lot of great things there, and it's hard to find that next quarterback to pass the torch to. Sean, always good. Coming up this weekend, you got the uh, UFC fights on Fubo. They can find all that good stuff there, man. I always appreciate your insight and coming on for a couple of minutes and reaching out to us, okay? You got it, man. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, pal. Talk to you soon. There you go. You can find their stuff on Fubo. Going to take a quick break. Come back. Matt LaFleur, you're going to hear from. That is next on the Bill Michael Show. Stay tuned.